0: This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the Age Changer show brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is David Furrow. This is my dad, Lynn Furrow, also the founder of Summit Life Ministries. And this is my mom, Carmen. Our mission at Summit Life is to elevate, equip, and empower, elevate the church's vision to see God's eternal purpose. Equip believers to live with an eternal perspective, but then also empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles in faith-filled obedience. Now, guys, today it is Friday. We want to say Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Hopefully you guys had a blessed Thanksgiving yesterday and were able to have a lot of fun with your family and uh, spend a lot of time with them. But again, like I said, today is Friday, so it is our question and answer Uh Segment that we always do, and uh, like I said in the past, this is one of my favorite segments, yes. Um, but we're just gonna go ahead and jump right into it here. And uh, the first question,
2: yeah, Dave, not to have <laughs> you yeah, interrupt me be interrupted, but I just think that maybe we ought to have a special time of prayer that maybe some people recover oh. well from Thanksgiving,
0: from <laughs> because man, we had some
2: great food. Uh, that was very, very enjoyable. Yes. And it's always a great time. But you do have to lean into the grace of God and say, Holy Spirit, give me self control. Yeah. Um, yes. Because we had leftovers. Of, yes. And I ate a lot of stuffing. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a rendezvous with destiny with multiple pecan pies. Okay. So, pecan uh, pies are my favorite. Uh, so, if you need a touch from Jesus right now. <laughs> uh you we know, pray for you yeah we pray <laughs> for you they say that uh eating turkey because of a chemical in it tryptophan it causes you to to sleep and to doze <laughs> off so if you're still re- recovering from a turkey coma we ask god awaken you awake awake O Zion. <laughs> yeah. all right enough of that but happy thanksgiving everybody. yes guys
1: hope you had a good time yesterday um, but dad, so the first question that we have here, it says, why does it seem as though the church isn't unified enough to be a relationship bridge to bring people to Christ? And how does the church become that unified body that God sees us as?
2: Yes. Well, what unifies us together is Christ. Yeah. And from Christ comes revelation, uh, the revelation of God in and through Christ. Uh, He defines all reality. Mm -hmm. Paul said, in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. He is before all things. Uh, He is in all things and by him, all of us find our existence. Yeah. Uh, And and we understand that he created us and all things that we see and those things that are even unseen. Don't want to leave that out. (laughs) He's the creator of all things. So Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. A way that I like to express that and expanding that into a paraphrase is that Jesus is the way that brings us into truth and that truth produces life or reveals what. True life is yeah. the God kind of life. So the church struggles to find uh, its its unity because even though we want to say that we are joined together with Christ, mm-hmm. we are in associated with in association with Him, we are united with Him. You cannot say that. If you do not embrace all the things that he has spoken and we do not obey his commandments. Yeah. Jesus clearly said, if you love me, you will keep. And, and the word keep there, it means to carefully guard mm-hmm. uh, in, in a very intentional way what God has spoken. And then you will. Uh, in faith-filled action, obey what he said. Because said. It, it's pretty hard to continue to obey him when you forgot what he said. Yeah, I've encountered that with my children sometimes where I've given them a commandment Never. and they got distracted. <laughs> they got distracted. Therefore, there was no follow-through or obedience in what I said. It was because they didn't keep my commandment. They got distracted. Uh, life interrupted Uh, them by them uh, being captivated by something else so if we're not careful we can end up thinking that we're following Jesus worshiping Jesus but it's a Jesus of our own creation
1: yeah
2: I know in some of the episodes that we did on on the coming great divide I just shared that most of the church, and when I say that, some people would say you're you're exaggerating that. David, the the true church is getting smaller and smaller because there is this yeah. defining moment, this clarity between the obedient church, the church that um, truly um, walks in obedience to the profession and the confession of their faith, the yeah. easiest thing to do is to confess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is in the action, it is in putting our faith into action that divides the spiritual men from the spiritual boys. And so we are not going to be judged by our intentions. We're gonna be judged by our actions. We see that uh, when Jesus separates the nations and he judges the nations between the sheep and the goats. Mm -hmm. It was based upon what they did, not what they said. Yeah. So many people have um, molded and made a Jesus that looks like them and that is permissive and that they have ascribed to him attributes and characteristics where he allows them to engage in sinful practices and activities and mm-hmm. and that Jesus is there when they want him to be there mm-hmm. um, and God is going to show up as a, again, repeating what I've said before, as a refiner's fire, the messenger of the covenant is coming to his church. Before he comes back for the church, he's coming to the church. Mm -hmm. And he is going to claim for himself a church and a bride that is uh, willingly obedient to receive him as their king. And to allow his reign and his rule and his statutes mm-hmm. to be internalized in our heart. Yeah. This is an internal kingdom. Yeah. So how can we unify? Paul said, how can truth and darkness mix? How can how can um, you know that which is true and false be united? It can't be. So you end up having unity for unity's sake, but true unity is based upon us. Being actually centered around the reality of who Jesus is, and us then living by the truth and the commands that He has given us. Yeah. And so we are living in a day where the church is not unified because uh, some of the churches have departed from the faith that has been delivered to them. Yeah. We can't just make this up on the on a go, and and say, well, in our times and and in our our days, uh, it's too difficult to mm-hmm. to uh, live out in obedience the express will of God uh, to update my faith to make it acceptable. No, that spirit of compromise is going to lead to a near-death experience for many in the church, and it has. Yeah. You see, many denominations are dying yeah. uh, because of where their leadership, it's blind leaders leading the blind. And they have not uh, taught them truth so they can see the light of the gospel. And so they have not been awakened. They're in spiritual lethargy and slumber and compromise. So there is going to be a, a unity that emerges in the last days. Yeah. But it is going to be the true church yeah. that is going to emerge that uh, truly is centered on Christ and is, is willing to. To love not their lives, even unto death, uh, because of their love and devotion for Jesus. I could go on, but I'm going to stop right there. I think also, too, one
1: of the big things is, you know, it says they will know them by the way they love each other. And right now, there's so many churches that are majoring on the minors and then minoring on the majors. And so we're just in conflict with each other. We're not unified because also, like you said, a lot of churches have compromise and stuff like that. But... This says, you know, being the relationship bridge to bring people to Christ. Well, why would anybody want to come into that? (laughs) I
2: mean... Yeah. Um, We think that we can do God's job, the work of Mm -hmm. God, better than the revealed will of God. Yeah. And so we've come up with these church growth strategies, but what we're doing is we're bringing people... You know, vaccinations, there's a lot of talk about vaccinations right now. (laughs) Yes. Most vaccinations are a limited dose of the virus or the disease Mm -hmm. that they're trying to prevent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it allows your body to build up an immunity to it. So if you're exposed to a large uh, dose of the disease, uh, your body, your immune system has an immunity to it. Yeah because of where the American church, the Western church has been, I've I've said this many times, we have vaccinated the world, yeah. inoculated it to the truth, the, the undiluted, pure truth mm-hmm. of the gospel. Yeah. So they know a little about the gospel and they've reframed it where they think they know the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, but they haven't, Receive the full dose of the truth of the gospel that leads to transformation so in this hour we have to be a church in reclaiming the gospel and the wholeness the fullness of the gospel we will not negotiate any truth or facet of it away we are not ashamed of the gospel of jesus christ because in it we know the power of god is revealed that brings people to salvation yeah so i can bring people that like uh, you know it's are we going to be christians or are we going to be christianish <laughs>
1: yeah
2: you know yeah. So-, so many churches they're christianish yeah but like you said they have majored on minors of many secondary things which reflect christianity but if you remove the heart and soul which is christ himself yeah, yeah then you don't have true Christianity. Yeah.
1: I
0: think that's the part here that makes me think, and I may not say it really well, but it's this, do we love the king? Do we pursue the king and have the relationship with the king ourselves? That when we go out to draw people in, they're drawn because of the relationship of, with the king, not just, oh, I th- I see how that's, you know, it's a good message, but no, it's a relationship and we have to... We have to live the relationship, not just talk about the relationship. Yeah.
2: And I'm not trying to pick on people that are well-known Christian ministers. But we become so sensitive to the felt needs of people. And we think that by approaching people based upon felt needs, that Jesus could be looked at as someone that could help them improve their life.
0: Like he's needed.
2: Right, you need Jesus, and he can help you with your troubles. Jesus did not come to help me with my troubles. That's true. He came to deliver me from my sin, from the power of Satan. And the biggest trouble that I have is myself. You know, when I look at the man in the mirror, I see that Jesus has appeared to uh, destroy the Antichrist and, and... the term antichrist is not someone that we would think opposes Christ in, in a militant way. It really refers to someone that begins to substitute themselves for Christ. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh-huh. If,
2: you, if you're yeah. still calling the shots for your own life and you're the Lord of your life, you're substituting yourself on the throne of the king. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his appearance must come into your life. He must reveal himself in this temple. Uh, to reveal the man of sin. And so whenever Jesus, whenever I say Jesus, uh, make yourself real to me, after that encounter, I'm like Isaiah, woe is me, I am undone. I have been exposed again as the one who loves to creep back upon the throne of my life, and he will vie for my heart. He will vie for my attention. He'll vie for my affections. And so, I've got to relinquish control of myself. But what I was going to say, and then we need to move on because there are some other great questions (laughs) that are coming up is, you know, we, we hear phrases like my best life now. And piggybacking on what you said, Carmen, what will draw people to Christ is when they see something of an eternal interaction A love that transcends what we've known. Mm -hmm. A revelation of eternity that's breaking into time. Showing them that there is a dimension and a realm that is greater than what they've known. That's what will interrupt and break through the darkness and the fog upon people's hearts and minds. The hardness of their heart and and the darkness upon their, their thoughts and their mind. But when we're just trying to make little improvements to their life, they're not gonna buy in to Christianity. We've got to present them the whole truth and nothing but the truth, and that I don't want this to be my best life now.
0: Yeah. That's right, Mm -hmm. for sure.
2: My best life is yet to come, (laughs)
0: Yeah,
2: and uh, I get to start experiencing it now by touching and tasting of the powers of the age to come, but I don't want my American life to say, man, I live the best life uh upon the earth and and something so fading and temporal and temporary now i i'm 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 ready uh to to talk about what paul said he will show forth the exceeding greatness of his kindness
1: yeah
2: in ages to come in other words there's going to be ages epics of the story of god that god has designed those ages just to show how kind and how good and how loving he is to his elect
0: okay jump into question number two um you had mentioned that the western church knows a lot about a little Mm -hmm. Um, why do you think that's so and how does the church grow up and grow out of that and to be able to apply that knowledge that it's getting yeah
2: a part of why I make a statement like that—we know a lot about a little—is we're living in a period of such technological mm-hmm. acceleration, where knowledge and the availability of knowledge, yeah. even scriptural knowledge, uh, scriptural teaching, uh, biblical information—you could, if you wanted to, with podcast and Um, with the internet, you could spend all day, every Mm -hmm. day, consuming and filling your heart and your mind with teaching, and it's available at the, you know, touch of a a Mm -hmm. keyboard, click of a mouse, and so what is available to us is truly unprecedented and unparalleled Mm -hmm. in human history. Yeah they are revolutionizing the way education uh, is being done yeah. our old conventional school systems are are in for a rude awakening because mm-hmm. uh, we're not going to probably go back to the way it was universities and long-standing institutions that have yeah. these huge campuses uh, they're going to struggle in another hundred, fifty, hundred 100 years if the lord would tarry to even exist Mm -hmm. in in certain ways because you can have the best professors teaching uh, courses from the highest levels, PhD courses. You can go watch them online right now. So if if you, uh, physics, uh, higher math, you can hear the best of the best teach. So what we do though is that with all of this information available, uh, we're no longer deep diving mm-hmm. on topics and truths. Mm. We've become consummate surfers yeah. <laughs> And yeah. when I say deep divers, you know there are people that that put on these um, diving suits and and you know they they have these metal helmets that are made of thick steel and weighted shoes and they drop them down to uh, dark depths of the ocean to, to do work there, exploration. Okay. And, and they're going deeper. They're setting records. No, a new, uh, new depth. You know, submarines going and charting depths of the ocean that have never been uh, charted or mm-hmm. even seen before. That's not where we're at.
0: No, they're immersed and they have focus.
2: They, yeah, <laughs> down there, there's no room for error you gotta focus on every foot that you're going down, yeah. going deeper and deeper and deeper. Most of us are like jet skiers. Get out the jet ski and we'll ride a wave for a moment, get off of it, because we think that once we have skipped along the surface of a topic, <laughs> I know we it know all. That. <laughs> I know where I can read more, look, uh, watch more. I know where that's at. I'm on to the next thing. Because our attention span, with all of the information that's out there, our attention spans have gotten smaller and smaller. Mm -hmm. So you've heard me say before, we have lost our ability to contemplate Mm -hmm. and to concentrate. Mm -hmm. And so through this information, not only of all topics, but specifically Mm -hmm. uh, biblical and spiritual truth. We like to scratch the surface because it, it, it satisfies the curiosity. So uh, we're on to the next thing. Uh, okay, let's talk about eschatology. No, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about, and so what we're doing is we're trying to feed our need for an information that we've never heard of before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think we should be seekers. I think we should have a, a spiritual curiosity and a spiritual imagination but it will never be a substitute Mm -hmm. for going deep concerning what you described, David, is the majors. We've got a major on the majors. So we have to be a people that learn to contemplate and concentrate. And here are some simple helps. Start reading your Bible, (laughs) not just listening
0: that's
2: good, to it, yeah, and have somebody somebody read to you, cause it's amazing. I watch people in my own family listen, and I do that sometimes myself. that's why i'm 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 you know going to preach myself under conviction. When I listen to somebody read the Bible to me, I'm multitasking with very other things, and I'm only catching something here yeah. and there. Most of the time, it's going in on a subconscious level, but I'm really focused on other things. We need to go back, pick up the printed page, Mm -hmm. read it. There's a whole thing about developing the structure of your brain to absorb more information. Mm -hmm. And a part of it is not just what you see. It's tactically tactically reading a book. Mm -hmm. And so uh, people go, you, you still carry your Bible? You still read your Bible? You carry a book? Why not? Yeah, I've got... I've got a, a whole spiritual library available to me on my phone, mm-hmm. but there is no substitute for the old-fashioned way of learning. Yeah, and it's engaging all of the senses to be able to to absorb uh, truth. But then I learn to think about it. I learn to mm-hmm. meditate on it. I concentrate. I focus. So,
0: do you mean you turn off a screen? and you don't look at stuff while you're yeah. focusing so we can declutter and get the distractions yeah. silenced.
2: And someday, so you know, I would love to just teach on the beauty of spiritual disciplines. Yeah, but, that'll be good. But the thing of, of learning to be quiet, mm-hmm. learning to reach the center of quiet, and then just to be thinking of one uh, thought One meditation about Christ. So when I shared with you about, you know, here are these three powerful um, Mm -hmm. experiences in the life of Christ, you know, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. God never designed these to just be footnotes of history. Like there were events, that's it. No, they're they're to be interactive experiences Mm
1: -hmm.
2: to where I fellowship with Jesus and his suffering,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I begin to experience the power of his resurrection. Paul said, I'm seated together with him in heavenly places. Mm-hmm. Did you experience that reality today? What it was like to be in the throne room of God, seated together with Christ? Well, that's not just some ethereal positional truth. That's, yeah. a, that's an experiential revelation or reality because every christian can be in two places at one time
1: yeah
2: i'm here in the flesh limited to time and space but i've been born again and i am an eternal being right now
0: you know what i kind of felt that this morning when i was in my prayer time i was um i was sitting and then i I was singing because i started with just singing this morning and i got to a point and i've been raising my hands but then i was like i feel like i should be either kneeling Or standing, you know, we've talked about that. In the presence Mm -hmm. of God, usually you're not just sitting. That's not the general position. But um, so I felt like I felt that, like I need I need to stand and and honor. But that was my experience this morning.
1: Yeah, I don't think when we're in heaven we're going to be sitting on a chair (laughs) and going, (laughs) this looks good, this this sounds good. No, we're either going to be standing Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. in awe, or we're going to be kneeling, bowing for him. So. Well, I think that actually may be all we have time for today. Shucks. Sure. <laughs> we had two other great yeah. questions. And but... we'll make sure to get to them. But, guys, that is all we have for today. If you have questions about what we talked about today, make sure to put them in the comment section below. If you just have feedback for us, we always love to see that as well. Um, but guys if you want to just know more about summit life ministries make sure to check us out at summitlifeministries.com if you want to just make sure to get all our updates and just get all things summit life make sure to follow us on instagram and facebook subscribe to us on youtube but guys we appreciate you guys so much and we love um, all your support for us but thank you guys and god bless
0: What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.